the blood covenant. That is our topic. The blood covenant. Last week, I remember that I said so many things. I introduced the teaching series to us. And um, I define what covenant is. The covenant is an agreement between at least two contradicting parties in which all members become one in the most radical sense of the term. And I said the covenant is a relationship wherein the parties making the covenant bind themselves to fulfill certain conditions. And I move on to uh, discuss with you that blood is life. You remember? Blood is life. I said that has been proven scientifically that a man can live without a heart, but not without the blood. Amen. So the blood is life. And we support that with some scriptures. Then I move on to tell you that God is a God of covenant. So we are operating with God based on covenant. We are blood blessed. We are blood redeemed. We are blood glorified. Are you following me? Everything that we are enjoying today is as a result of the covenant of blood that Jesus had with his father on our behalf. And I remember I told you, Claire, that we do not cut covenant with God. When that covenant was cut, eh, we were in darkness. Gross darkness. We were in our dead state. Are you following now? We were dead when that covenant was caught. We were not there. We are not even conscious of whom we were because our spirit man died in the Garden of Eden. So God and His Son, Jesus Christ, consummate this transaction. They caught this covenant, they ratified it by themselves. And when that covenant was done, and that was why that covenant is an everlasting covenant. All the covenant that was caught in the Old Testament were covenants between God and man that were um, consummated by the blood of animals. And you see that in those covenants, there are breakages, you know, so it it will be renewed. It will be renewed. But this covenant, the covenant of the New Testament, as a matter of fact, what we call New Testament is better called New Covenant. And the, what, is, what is called the Old Covenant is not the law of Moses. It's not Ten Commandments. Are you following now? Ten Commandments is an extension of the covenant. What is called the Old Covenant was the covenant that God had with Abraham. That is Old Covenant or Old Testament. And that transaction was consummated by the blood of animals. The one he had with him, you know, I think in Genesis 15, that one was consummated by circumcision. So, it is the covenant of blood that brings 
anyone to the uh, covenant of Abraham and God in the Old Testament. Let me tell you something. Do you know that it is not only the Jews that entered into that covenant with Abraham? Are you aware? The Bible says that all the slaves that that is in that you know, nation, Israel, they should also be circumcised. And when they circumcise them, they become Gentiles and the Jews. So, it's a type of what God is having in mind through Jesus. It's not only the, the, the Jews that were circumcised. Have, have you read that scripture before? Yes, all these male servants and their men, all of them, instead of to circumcise them, that brings them automatically into the covenant. So, grace has been an operation from the Old Testament. I think I have said that many times. The primary intention of God is to bring us into His grace, the whole world, nationally. The whole world will bring us into the covenant of the grace of His Son, Jesus. Is somebody following me? If you are following me, say amen. Let us move on. So, I said God is a God of covenant. And I discussed with us um, Noahic covenant. That is the first covenant. I'm trying to trace how God entered into covenant with his people from the beginning. Amen. Okay, Noahic covenant. You know, I said God announces his covenant plan with Noah and his creation and all his creation prior to the flood in Genesis chapter 6, verse 18. You know, I have done that last week, right? So, have I done Abraham, Abrahamic covenant? Okay, so let's start from Abrahamic covenant. The covenant God established with Abraham was recorded in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Genesis 12, 1 to 3. I read. The Lord has said to Abraham, not Abraham now, it was Abraham, because it was the covenant that changes the name of Abraham to Abraham. And the same covenant changes the name of Sarai to Sarah. Are you following now? Sarai, it was Sarai, S A R A I. But that blood covenant, Changes the name of Abraham to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. Are you following me now? In fact, after this um, teaching, I'm going to move to something else that I will explain that better. But please note it, hold it on your left hand side so that you will not use it to chop ever. I will explain it. Praise God. Okay, so the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your names great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whosoever causes you, I will cause. And all the people on the heart will be blessed through you. All the people where on the heart. How many people? The Jews, all the people. So, God have you in mind, even when he was cutting the covenant with Abraham. 
Praise God. So, if you check the, the reading you just read, you will see two things there that God told Abraham. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bring great nation out of you. And make your name great. Glory be to God. Of course, we sing that song now. Abraham, blessings are mine. Is that correct? Is it correct? Yeah, it's correct. The blessing of Abraham came to fulfillment in Jesus. Jesus is that blessing. And we have that Jesus. So we have the blessing of Abraham. Amen. And the second thing that was mentioned there is that through him, God will mediate blessing to others, to all the world through Abraham. So are we, it's all the word blessed now. Don't remember that during the time of Abraham, even during the time of Moses and David, it was not all they had that enjoyed the blessing of Abraham. It was only a segregated, you know, people that were called out by God's sovereign wisdom. We don't know why it's like that. I follow him now. Praise God. But when that promise comes to fulfillment in Christ, then this scripture becomes fulfilled. I've said it to you. In fact, my teaching should be clear to you now. I shouldn't waste more time in, you know, doing explaining and re-explaining. I've told you that the Old Testament is prophecy. And the New Testament is the fulfillment of prophecy. So that, that clarifies what I've just said. Amen. So everything that was prophesied in the Old Testament finds fulfillment in the New Testament. And Jesus is the center of the Old Bible. I said the Bible is the Christocentric book. Jesus is the center. From Genesis to Revelation, it was about Jesus. It was Old Testament, everything there was about what we happened in, in Christ Jesus. We were just saying it in types and shadows, you know, in prophecies, you know, in parables. We were just bringing those things, you know, but it wasn't clear to them because it was a prophecy then. It is the fulfillment that clarified the prophecies. Amen. And we are fortunate to be part of those that experience the fulfillment of those promises. It's a privilege, mind you. Hallelujah, somebody. Praise God. Is somebody follow what I'm saying? Ah, you see, this teaching, I'm taking it precept by precept. If you can catch a revelation, if you can get something as the way, you don't mind the way I'm putting it, but you just be looking. I think it was Pastor um, Innocent I said it this morning. I was outside hearing, you know, that is, you listen beyond the lips of the person who is preaching. You go into the heart. So I need someone that will see my heart. And that is, I've said it to him many times, and I've said it. If I'm listening to a preacher, I don't listen to the word of his lips. I look at into his heart. And that is why you don't see me get distracted when I'm, when I'm listening to a, a preacher that I know that is, you know, a renowned pre preacher. I listen intently. 
I want to pick something. My mind is connected. I stay focused. I'm looking for something. Amen. I went for the program. How can I go for the program? How can I leave my house and go for a service? And I will just return back without grabbing something. Hello, I am telling you, the God that called me is my witness here. If I listen to a message that blesses me, I don't listen to it once. I find means of getting that message and listen to it again and again. There are some messages that I have listened to like 10, 20 times. Keep on listening. And the more you listen to it, the more it blesses your soul. I want to for that program. That professor preached the gospel. Saying, wow. He's blessed. I am so blessed. Let me share the testimony with you. After this professor finished ministry, Professor Teller. So all the ministers, you know, the pastors that were invited, all of us left the hall and we went to the, to the office. The man sat here because I saw grace in this man too much. Most especially pure, grace of purity. This man is, you know, you see it in the spirit. It, it was the man who told us that the wife stayed on the, the scripture for about two years and the word become another womb life. Doctor removed the wife womb and the wife stayed on scriptures. Somebody repeat that word. Say, be consistent with God. How do I put it? Okay. I put it in your brain. Understand it. Be consistent with God. <laughs> I don't know. I want, to, I want to pass it across so that you understand what I'm saying. Is there, any, is there another way I can say it? That you will understand that word. I said, if you stay tuned, with God on a matter, and you are not shifting ground, He will do it. I know. I am 100% sure. It's because we can't stay tuned. That's why we are missing out. We can't stay tuned. You stay on the word. That is given to you by the Spirit over that situation until you see results. Until you see results. Ah, but we like to run ah, Run to this pastor. Run to this. And no, should I give you this truth? You that do, you are pastors, we have our challenges. Most of the times, when you go to your pastor, what you are discussing with him. As your challenge is exactly the same thing the pastor is passing. Okay, you don't know. I'm telling you the truth. But the difference between two of us is that the pastor is staying tuned. He believes God that this thing is going to end. He don't believe it's going to end. Hello. Assuming Abraham did not stay tuned, what do you think will happen? In the first place, remember Abraham believed God. And that act was counted to him as righteousness. But after he believed God, 
Of course, Abraham will be thinking that, ah, so by next year now, everything will be alright. Ha. Huh. For 10 years pass. 20 years pass. Ah. And, and at that point, Abraham begins to, ah. Uh, uh, I will say some, I will say a statement now. Anybody who grab that statement, <laughs> but I will say it after this complete this word. If you can grab this, what I want to say. You know, when Abraham sees that, ah, ah, and Babu tells us that Abraham hoped against hope. Negative hope, positive hope. So, negative hope is already beginning to overshadow negative positive. It's it's I got to that point. I got to that point where negative hope is overwhelming the positive. But let me tell you something. When you don't know this God, I'm telling you about him because I know him. When your positive hope got to this point, hmm? And the negative one has come to this one. And God sees that, ah, this guy has waited. That is the time you expect the miracle. Are you following me? Expect that miracle that time. God knows what he's doing. The affliction of bread is for a while. No matter how long, you know, no matter how long that challenge is triggered, it is because God knew that you can still carry it. That is why it has not ended. Because you cannot be tested beyond your ability. Are you, if somebody gets what I'm saying, you cannot be te- tempted or tested beyond your ability. God will tell Satan, say, enough. Stop. And you know, it is, you know, in the realm of the spirit, there is no breaking off. You know, there's no, uh, when God gave a command, you know, the command stands. It's just like um, in the military. Obey the last order. The last order in heavens and the heart is our God. See, I am saying to you prophetically, and by the grace of God that is upon this life, that the last command of God over that situation is that it has stopped in Jesus' name. I said that situation stop in the name of Jesus. Unpleasant situation. Ninka supra tizikama koshinte akada. Lika toboshedera kambra la de zindika. Lekoto brakata ziga. Nigbati iriti patifepe. Oloradi yuma barare. Are you following me now? When all hope is about to you see God rising in his power, in his majesty, and he will decorate you beyond. Because there is a way God does it that when he brings his glory, he makes you to forget all the story. Are you following me? But the key note is this wait. Be consistent in waiting. Be consistent. Hello, I have said it to you many times. I said, faith and patience, they walk 
together. Pali pasu. Both. If you have faith and you don't have patience, you are not there. The, the arithmetic is incomplete, brethren. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it is your faith added to your patience that brings desired results. Listen, I'm seeing you having desired results in Jesus' name. Libra sikapa doziata. See, listen to me. It might be like um ah, this pastor is just saying his own. Well, I will say it. You can call it my home. But I see somebody being helped. And the help is going to be big. I see help coming your way. And I see oh bandi suta mashtikata libra suta libra suta. The Lord has to tell someone here. He says, Why are you running a tasketa? Why are you not stable? Why are you not stable? Bam, 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 bam. He says, stay where you are. He said, I'm ready to visit you there. That is what it's called divine positioning. The Lord is divinely positioning you for exploits in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Manda sukatayabash. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Well, I have followed what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And let us go back to our teaching. I think somebody is following me. Okay, let me just move to number three. The Mosaic Covenant. We are talking about Noahic. We are talking about Abrahamic. Now, Mosaic Covenant. You know what Mosaic Covenant means? The covenant that God had with Moses. As simple as that. Mosaic covenant. Hallelujah. God established the Mosaic covenant just after deliverance and emancipation of uh, Abraham's descendant from oppression in a foreign land. You know the story. The children of Israel were en- being enslaved in Egypt. They were being oppressed. They were being cheated. Because when anybody would deny you of your right, he's cheating you. Are you what I'm saying now? Listen to me. Satan will not be able to cheat you anymore. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 15. I'm going to read um, 13 and 14. The Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their, their own and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. Can you see that? 14. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves and afterward they will come out with great possession. Hallelujah. That was the covenant God had with Moses. And we can also read Exodus 19. Exodus 19. 19 from verse 4. You yourself have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, 
Then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine. Oh. Do you, do you get something there? He was talking to the Israelites. But he's still making them to understand. That I'm talking to the whole world. Though. The whole world is mine. You will be, for, for me, a kingdom of priests. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words of the Lord as commanded him to speak. Amen. Let us move on. So God had covenant with Moses as well. Then let's move to number five. Number four, rather. Davidic covenant. Davidic covenant. That is the covenant that God had with David. You know, after Sinai, the next major covenantal development comes with Nathan's message to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. I'm brushing this one. Today. I want to, I want, I'm going to a teaching. But I, want, I want to really do exegesis on I'm rushing this. So please, just take the scriptures and read when you get to 2 Samuel chapter 7. We'll read all through. Now, let us move to the new covenant. And that is the covenant that we, Jesus Christ caught for us as believers. The new covenant. Praise God. Somebody praise God. Say the new covenant. Say it again. Say the new covenant. No, we have mentioned about five covenants now. The Noahic, Abrahamic, Mosaic, the Davidic covenant, then the new covenant. And the new covenant is the last covenant. It's the covenant that can never be altered. And the reason why it can never be altered, I will explain to you later. Amen. So, let us hold it. In the course of the teaching, I will explain it. Let us look at steps in cutting the covenant. Steps in cutting the covenant. Let me put it in a, in a, in a language that you will all understand. Because when I'm using the word cut, some people don't understand it. Hallelujah. Steps, they followed in um, the achieving now. I'm using for another word for cut. In consummating the covenant. Steps. You know, in the olden days, I don't know, maybe it still happened today. Of course, it's always happening in the court. You know, some two lovers, they would just say, well, uh, for you, for me to know that you love me, let us, you know, do covenant. Hello, don't ever try it with anybody. I, it's simple stuff here, and brothers hearing me. Don't try it with anybody. You know what they do? They take blade and cut this place. This to cut it. And they bring the blood together and rub it. They lick it. My God. That is what is called blood covenant. And it stands and it is so strong. So strong to break. Are you following now? So let us look at the genesis of the, the blood covenant. How it's being caught, then how it affects us in the new covenant. Now, 
the covenant, the cutting of the covenant contains about three, uh, nine steps. Number one, the two people who want to go into covenant, they exchange their coats and robes. Can I have two people here? Can I have two, two men here? Come to the altar. One more person. I want to make it practical. Stay there. Praise God, church. Look at these two men. They don't know themselves from anywhere. But something brings them together. And they want to achieve something. And they say, okay, let us enter into covenant. What they will first do is that this man will puff his own clothes and give it to him. And he will off his own and give it to him. Are you following me now? So, you know, to the Hebrews, you know, all these things happen among the Hebrews. To the Hebrews, the coat or robe represents the person. It represents him. Are you following what I'm saying now? So, when he offered to the other his robe, he was offering himself that I am giving you myself. I am giving you my totality. I am vulnerable to you. I am not hiding anything from you. So, we are now together. I'm not, I'm vulnerable. You take his coat or robe, it takes yours. That is the first step in cutting the covenant. And we can see that in 1 Samuel chapter 18, from verses 1 to 4. 2 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 1 to 4. Let us see an example. And I will explain that example a little bit for you. It's a story you know. Look at it. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. Jonathan, see, are you following me, son? Jonathan is the son of King Saul. And King Saul messed up with God. And his kingdom was torn. So God decided to take kingdom of Israel from him. And the next person to take over was David. And David went for war and killed Goliath. Oh, and those praisers, those praisers, ah, David killed his 10,000. Saul killed his 1,000. Spiritually, by implication, Saul knew that David was the one to take over from him. Are you following what I'm saying? He knew. So, he was so envious and jealous of David that he wanted to get rid of him. Now, Jonathan is the son of Saul, the king. And Saul brought David into his kingdom, into his palace to live, pretending to care for him. Now, you know, at the point, he, he threw it. A javelin. Ah! And javelin, your enemies will miss their target. 
Hallelujah. I said your enemies will miss their target. You can't say a better amen. Ah. Oh, Mr. Ghetto. But ordinary. It was God that did it. Divine intervention. Because Saul was a warrior. Saul was a warrior. And one thing, one peculiarity about warriors, most of the distant ones that they, do, they don't miss their target. That is one of the things that they, 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 they used to collect um, promotion in the military. They don't miss their target. They will always eat the bull's eye. Boom! You know, when they say bull's eye, that thing is a game. It's, it's a shooting. They target something very... That the bull's eye will be at the center of that, you know, sight, you know, and they would say, I get it. So, experts don't miss their target, but it was divine. And David Saul lost that target. But look at what happened between Saul and David, between Jonathan and David. is is honest, because since I've been reading that, since I've been reading that scriptures, it has not occurred to me actually that David and Jonathan actually entered into covenant. I didn't ever know. Because I, I preached this on several occasions. That the Bible says that the art of David was neat to Jonathan. Or the art of Jonathan was neat to David's art. Right? In other words, they were connected in the spirit. So, the spirit of David is the spirit of Jonathan. So, what ought Jonathan is what ought David. That is what covenant does. So, we are bringing, follow me carefully, we are bringing all of this, by next week we'll do that, into the New Testament, into the covenant that Jesus Christ caught with his father on our behalf. That's where I'm going. So, I said this so that what I'm saying now will be clear to you. By the time we get to that new covenant covenant, then I won't stress myself. Amen. Because this kind of teaching will require that I explain better. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, the way I operate is this. See, I'm teaching now. But if God says, hold on, there is something I want you to say to somebody, I will stop. Then I say it. Then we continue. Are you following now? But make sure that you listen to teaching and understand it. Don't just wait for uh, word of knowledge. Don't just, yes, there is word of knowledge. Yes, there is prophetic. But don't just wait for all of that before. You know, just wait. Understand the word of God. Understand it. It will help you better. If somebody listen to me, if you are listening, say, I'm listening to you. Loud and clear. Make it better. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. Did we become one in spirit with Jesus? Did we become one? So listen. He now says, And he loved him as himself. Hey! He loved him as himself. He says, From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David. Can you see that? He made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. 
Jonathan, look at look at it. Because we're talking about it. the first um, um, step is that they take off their clothes, their robes, and exchange it. It says, Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic. That is the beginning of the covenant. Two of them will exchange their um, robes. Somebody following me? Okay, let us move to number two. Lot of time. Number two, they take off their belt and offer it to. You want to take notes? Oh, oh yeah, go and bring your notes. You are going to be here. You are going to be here. Go and take your notes. Praise God. They take off their belts and offer it to one another. Oh, somebody was there asking a belt now. It's not the kind of belt that we use to hold our trousers. It is a belt. It is it a belt? We call it belt or gadu. Are you following me now? So, what they use it for in those times is to hold their weapons. It is in that gadu that they put the knife that they put the sword, that they put all their instruments of war. Are you following what I'm saying now? So, they now exchange this gadu. What they are saying, in other words, is that I am offering you my protection. I am vulnerable to you. I am offering you my protection. Hmm. Somebody following. It says, This is what I used to hold my weapons of war, my weapon of defense. But now I remove the garden. I give you. I am exposing myself to you. So we don't have hidden thing. So if you are the first person in the whole of this world that can first kill me. I am the first person that can first kill you because we are so vulnerable to ourselves. I have handed over to you. That is the implication of that exercise. That is, we are vulnerable to each other. Amen. If you read that first Samuel chapter 18, verse 4, B, where we read in, in, in chapter in, uh, in number one point, it says, and even his sword. His bow and his belt. You see that that's your Bible? And his belt. Amen. He offer his be- exchange your belt. That's number two thing. Praise God. Hmm. Remember something I said. The covenant that Jesus Christ caught with his father. We were not there. We are a beneficiary. Are you following what I'm saying now? By means of identification, we benefit that covenant. And that is why the covenant is everlasting. So note, if you, if, you, if you miss that word, you won't get this teaching well. Number three. Let us move to three. Now, at this point, they cut the covenant. That is, they consummate the covenant. Look at what they do. So, this time now, they get 
a token of that covenant, they bring animals, which is, you know, serve as a token of that covenant. They bring animal. They cut the animal into half, into two, equal parts. They will slash it into two. And they will now turn the two opposite side. They will turn it to, up to back each other. So the, covenant, the two parties to the covenant pass between the two halves. They pass. They walk over it. The two halves that they have placed down. Are you following what I'm saying now? So what they are saying is that may God do to me and more if I break this covenant. Let God deal with me if I break. So, the first animal is there. The half is there. The other half is there. They put it and they walk on it. Meaning that if I dare break this covenant, let God do to me as he wishes. Is somebody listening now? That is, those are the steps that they follow. Blood covenant is not easy to break. It's not easy to break. Genesis chapter 15. Be watching these two people, they're going to be with me. Genesis chapter number 15. Ah, this is long, but let me read it. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain tideless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus. I'm reading NIV version. And Abraham said, You have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. I'm going old now. He gave me this promise that I will have a child. And that you know, in me, in me, the old nation will be blessed. But now I'm going old. No child. But my housemaid, Eliza, is it the one that will inherit me? Is it, is it the heir? Look at what God told him. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the, at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Ah, it is God. Eh? Look at what he's saying again. I'm saying, Give me a child. You are taking me out. Verse. Um, seven now. No, verse six. Abraham believed the Lord and credited it to his to him as what righteousness. Amen. Verse seven says he also said to him, "I am the Lord who brought you out of all of the Chaldees to give you this land to to take possession of it." But Abraham said, "Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain?" possession of it. Look at what happened. So the Lord said to him, bring me a ephah. That's an animal. Bring me an animal, a ephah, a goat, and a ram, each three years old. 
along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abraham brought all of this to him, caught them into how many? Into two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. However, he did not cut the half. Can see? So he split the animals into two. Meaning that I am entering into covenant with you, God. Because he says, God, how will I believe you? How will I know that this thing will happen? And God says, okay, come on. I am a God of covenant. And when I make a covenant, nothing changes it. Covenant keeping on. There is no one like you. Alpha, no mega. There is no one. He says, no, I keep covenant. And what will surprise you is that when Abraham crossed over it, God also did the same. God also did the same. That we cross over this. The point God decided to swear by his own name. Because no other one is better than him. I swear by myself. My God. That is such a God we serve. Oh, Kanda Zeta Shata. Something is happening in my spirit man at this point. That is the kind of God that we have. He keeps covenant. Whatever he says he will do, he will do. And I tell you, Pastor, operate with God on his covenant. Ah, this teaching, if you pay attention, it's going to bless your life too much. Because we will be going into some dimensions that will be so spiritual. But I pray for understanding. He is a covenant God. If you hold him by his covenant, eh, he will do what he says he will do. That was what he told Abraham. I promise you, Abraham, let's let cut a covenant. Let's cut a covenant and see if I will not do it. So Abraham relates with God based on covenant. So Abraham, now the prayer point of Abraham now changed. So anytime Abraham wants to pray now, he now say, God, remember the covenant. I've given you a prayer point. Remember your covenant that was sealed by blood because blood is life. So, covenant, blood covenant is an exchange of life. Blood covenant is a commitment. That God will do what he says he will do. No matter the circumstance that surrounds it. He promised to keep the children of Israel in the wilderness. And they were saved till they get to Canaan land. Come on. 
the, the covenant we have with him, it is a blood covenant. It is a blood covenant. The new, by the time we get to the new covenant, and we explain it to you, you will be, be, you will be praying differently. You will believe God better. You will trust God better. It's a covenant keeping God. Anything he says he will do. He will do it. Listen to me. The joy. The joy of the New Testament church. Is that he does not fulfill that covenant. Based on what we can. What we do or what we don't do. He, just, he do it only based on trust. I trust you, O oh God, that you have had covenant with your son, that you will do it. And if I am in your son, Jesus, I receive the benefit of the covenant. Oh, can you see that? Can you see that? Makaba Shetek and Brande Kutazia. Can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see that? It's see. It's as simple as that. See, let me jump. So I, I want to transport myself into next week's teaching. So let me just give you a glimpse of next teaching. One of the covenant that the, the that God and Jesus caught is that by Jesus' stripes. We are healed. So, we are blood healed. We are blood healed. So, if there is sickness in your body, the covenant should give you assurance that you are healed. Because it is a covenant. Remember, it is a covenant. Covenant of the blood of his only son Jesus precious blood of a saint it will surely come to pass I am 100% sure for a saint trust the covenant believe the covenant that's your own part can you see that sister that is your part to play that is your own part Trust the covenant. Believe the covenant. You were not there when the covenant was done. And the covenant places the two, the two people who are involved. Their integrity is outstanding. What's on it? The integrity of the people involved, the being involved, their integrity cannot be altered. Next week is going to be hot because we are going into into those benefits that the covenant that they that they caught bring to us. You tell the devil, say, devil, I am blood delivered. When anytime you say that to the devil, what you are saying is that God, the Father, and the Son, they are involved. Ha! And devil look at you. And say, yeah! Oh my shiri! Oh my shiri! I know there are some deep secrets. One of the deep secrets of the scripture is the blood covenant. One of the secrets of 
the scripture of the spiritual is a blood covenant. It can never be broken. No, it can never be reversed. Blood of Jesus. And that blood is still fresh till today. Over 2,000 years ago, he sacrificed that blood on the altar of covenant together with his father. And they both agree. He says, based on this covenant, my rot is everly removed from the world. Listen, listen. When he cut the covenant with Noah using the blood of animal, he said to Noah, he said, Never will I, you know, destroy the heart with water. And he gave a token of it, rainbow. So, anytime you see rainbow, it's a remembrance that by the reason of the blood covenant, the whole world cannot be destroyed by water. In the case of Jesus Christ, when you look at Jesus on the cross of Calvary, when you see Jesus in the inside of you, it's an assurance that you can never be stranded. Irreversible covenant of the living God. Hello, it is not covenant between man and man and God, or man and man. Man can fail man, man can fail God, but it is between God and God Himself who cannot fail Himself. He's a trustworthy God. That is the one we have covenant with by identification. It is the blood that sets free. Thank you, man, Mark. I believe in the blood. Somebody shout, say, I believe in the blood. I believe in the blood. Say, I am blood blessed. I am blood redeemed. I am blood glorified. I am blood saved. Ah, my salvation cannot be reversed because it was sealed on the altar of covenant with the blood of Jesus. I believe in the blood. Yes, I know the blood can do all things for me. The blood can heal me. The blood can do all things. 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 I have entered into covenant with God based on the covenant that Jesus had with God because I am identified with Jesus. Is somebody here identified with Jesus?